0: Welcome to School of the Rock, a podcast about faith, culture, and evangelization. My name is Father Bobby Blood, and I'm here, as always, with Nicholas Sintovich. And uh, it's been a while, mostly because we did a whole Advent uh, podcast, and uh, it didn't work. So we had that going for us.
1: Yeah, we had uh, we had a great Advent episode, I thought. And uh, I don't know if it was my—I think I, I'll blame it on my end. My computer's a little bit older, and I'm, if we, you know, I, I should get a new one soon. But uh, it didn't. It didn't end up uh, saving our data. Our data, and we we ended up not being able to record it. The content was great, though. I thought both of us were firing on all cylinders. Had really great Advent content. I'm, for I'm all not
0: going to say that. I'm not going to say that I like what I said would have changed lives, but it Please was don't. up there. <laughs> yeah, it was up there. Talked a lot about candles. You know, a lot of we the, did. You know. Um. But yeah, no, but it's good to connect with you now. I think we're going to drop this probably right away. It's almost Christmas.
1: It's almost Christmas. And, you know, we have a podcast about faith, culture, and evangelization. And we are going to emphasis on the culture this time, have a very special episode. The two of us are going to go through our top five favorite Christmas movies of all time.
0: I love that. I, uh, I also sent out on social media that very question, right? What's your favorite Christmas movie and uh, why? And I don't know if you remember, we had Jeff Mars on the podcast a few times ago, and uh, he made a recommendation, yep. as we always do, to see a movie called Arthur Christmas. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say neither of us took that recommendation. But he tweeted at me. He slid into my DMs on Instagram I mean, so I think Arthur Christmas needs to make its way up onto our list at some point because uh, the dude's all in.
1: Yeah, we have, uh, wow, we, there, we have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of replies from, from such people as Kevin Greggis of Katie Prejean McGrady, who has 16,000 followers. Wow, you really, you really wow. hit it big with this with this question.
0: You know, people love the, uh, the Christmas films. Katie, uh, Katie was uh, kind of dumping on Santa Claus 2 and 3, which I definitely approve of. The first one was great. 2 and 3, not so much. But uh, but we got our own list of five, right? It's not all about the, uh, the people on the internets. But we've kind of taken our own careful reflection and discernment on the Christmas films and tried to narrow down a top five. Uh, before we get in the five, though, uh, you got any that didn't make your top five, but you kind of want to throw out there?
1: I do. Uh, so these, you know, these aren't really. I, I would say the Santa Claus is a great movie, and I grew up watching that one all the time. Did not make my list, but I, I really like the Santa Claus a lot. Two movies that are not really Christmas movies but have a lot of Christmassy and New Year's vibes uh, are my two favorite romantic comedies. One would be You've Got Mail, and the other one, Harry Met Sally. Neither and of and the passion friends. of the Christ, and the passion of the Christ. <laughs> um, uh, there's no cross without a manger, you know. That's what I've heard. And so, and uh, so, yeah. You've got Mail and, and When Harry Met Sally. Both of them have a lot of uh, Christmassy kind of vibes. And I think there's something about Christmas movies in general that, other than just the Christmas setting, there's a vibe and there's a theme. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of comfort food. You want to be cozy. You want to see snow. You want to, you want to feel good. There's something about Christmas movies you want to feel good. That's, that's definitely a, a theme, I would say, throughout Christmas movies. So you've got Mail and One Harry Met Sally are my honorable mentions.
0: Yeah, I, you're right. I, it's very interesting to think about the whole Christmas genre, both of movies and music. It's really got its own thing. It's got its own vibe, and and you can't really describe it, but it just fits, you know.
1: Yeah, you kind of know it when you see it or hear it. Like, there's a, if, there's certain Christmas songs that just don't work, but then there's ones that you're like, yeah, this is this is a, this feels like a Christmas song. It's it's definitely a feeling thing. And you you have yeah. you have honorable mentions too, yeah. I do, yeah.
0: So first uh, honorable mention, I just recently watched the movie Noel on Disney Plus. Uh, it's got that girl from Pitch Perfect.
1: Yeah, I kind of loved it. I kind of loved
0: it. It was it was like a peaceful, even though it's like from 2019 and is new, it just was very cozy. Good, it's good, got, it's got Bill Hader, right? It does, yeah. And so you know, it, it normally I don't like newer stuff. I feel like older movies are just better, but for somehow that that movie just did it for me. Uh, but in addition to that. Um, I could not recommend Ernest Saves Christmas. Anytime that I can recommend an Ernest film, I have to. Uh, you know, um, he, he is of fame of both going to jail and uh, having uh, being scared stupid.
1: But uh, he, goes, he goes to camp too, doesn't he?
0: He does go to camp. And so it's fun to just get a glimpse into the life of Ernest. He's kind of an idiot, but in, uh, in a warm sort of way. Uh, And my final one, honorable mention, I I almost put it in my top five. All those weird claymation movies. The Year Without a Santa Claus, right? The Heat Miser, the Snow Miser. We got Rudolph. I'd even throw Frosty in there. I I like them, uh, but they're not good enough for me to say that I like them. You know, it's, it's almost like they exist purely in that realm of nostalgia for me. Yeah. They're they're you're, kind you're, of- you're a big you're a big fan of those, aren't you?
1: You know, I watched a lot of them growing up. We had a tradition of watching Rudolph every year, and I liked watching Frosty when it would come on TV. I, but they're very strange. They're 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 definitely of a different time. They're not a cartoon <laughs> that would ever come out today. And uh, Rudolph, I think, is especially. It's just a very strange. It's just a very strange show. And but I will say this, and this is a general TV comment. With the advent of streaming, I like the idea of a TV special, right? There's just an idea of something that like, yeah, this is just going to show up on television once a year. And the fact that Charlie Brown is now on like Apple TV Plus, it's nice that it's accessible at all times, but it takes away some of the like the the newness or the specialness of of watching it once a year. And I think that's kind yeah. of a
0: and I think without commercials, I mean, okay, you, you get together with your family for the Christmas special. If you're streaming it, it's like twenty one minutes. I mean that's just like the world's fastest sort of family gathering
1: yeah there's not there's not a whole lot. It's true. Yeah. Um, well why don't we jump into our top fives and uh, go from there? So why don't you start with yours? Your number five
0: My number five. Uh, Many of you have seen it Probably on TBS Maybe 24 hours in a row It's a Christmas story Um, I would say It's one of those movies That I've been burnt out on Uh, Maybe I've seen it too many times Uh, You fall asleep watching it On Christmas Eve And it plays the whole night through So it's a little overdone But I think it had to be mentioned Because it is a classic Uh, You got Ralphie You got the pink bunny suit Which I always wanted I think I would look fresh As a bunny rabbit Uh, you have the, you'll shoot your eye out. You have the mean Santa. I I feel like it's the leg lamp. It's one of those movies that I think it has informed our culture. Uh, you, you can't not see these things. Every time I see the word fragile, I think fragile because of that movie. So I think it's just a part of who we are and our upbringing seeing this Christmas movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think every time somebody says or has a like, a, you know, a toy gun in their hand, you know, like a little kid, I'll be like, "Oh, you should try, it, kid," or, or anything remotely dangerous. And I, I think you're right that that's another thing. If we can zoom out for a second, these Christmas movies, a lot of them have you know embedded themselves in our culture well beyond like Christmas itself. And I think that's going to be some of the stuff that we talk about, like even beyond Christmas. You know where these movies are classic. We just we just say phrases from these movies in everyday life, which I think I don't know if it's because they're Christmas movie, but there is a certain power in them. And yeah, I think you're right. Christmas story, Christmas story definitely and, and has it, that. And it's
0: a standalone, right? There was a sequel, but nobody's seen it. I watched it once, and it was uh, no offense to the people who were in it, uh, horrible. You know, you can't catch that kind of magic twice.
1: And I think. Um, what Christmas Story has and um, and what my number five has, which I'll say in a second, is that it captures the frustrations of being a kid. You know, your mom's packing you up and it's too tight. You get bullied a little bit. You you get disciplined by your parents. There's a little bit of a loss of innocence with hearing his dad say the F word. Like, it, I would agree with you that I'm a little bit burnt out on the movie, but there is a certain way in which it does... it it captures what it's like to be a kid in a certain sense. Yeah. I think you're dead on. So uh, what's your uh, number five? My number five is a movie that I just watched a couple days ago with my roommate and that's home alone, the original home alone. And I think home alone, um, like, like um, Christmas story does capture what it's like to be a kid. Uh, And I'm the oldest, so I don't have this experience, but um, you know, Macaulay Culkin's character, um, Kevin is, is the youngest. He's kind of picked on by his family. He's annoying. And he, of course he he gets left behind. And, you know, I think for a movie like that, one that I had forgotten about, one reason I really like it, it's really short. There's no, there's no excess fad in that movie. It, 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 it starts and it just like, and it doesn't stop. And it's a really, really funny movie. Um, I love I love when Kevin goes to the grocery store and he has that exchange with the checkout lady and and it's the reverse of Uncle Buck right and Uncle Buck Macaulay Culkin's asking John Candy a thousand questions and in this one the um, uh, the, the checkout lady is asking uh, Kevin a bunch of questions and I just think that's hysterical I, I don't know if jo- if John Hughes the director um, of Forrest, of Ferris Bueller who wrote Home Alone. I don't know if he wrote Uncle Bunk as well, but it's almost the same thing. But it's still funny. Um, there's just a lot of really funny moments in Home Alone, and it's just it, it, it's a it's a feel good movie. I really like it.
0: What I love about these older movies it, is their memorable moments. I, I would say, and we've talked about this off offline. Some like you just don't have family movies anymore. Like the sort of like um, gather around sort of fun but not childish movies because there's kids movies that are being made but not movies that are made for the whole family we're just missing out on those sorts of things I think Home Alone is right there Like uh, the the two bad guys, I don't know their names it's been a long time since I've seen it but there's such physical comedy hysterical, dialogue is good but I think you're right, the, the plot keeps moving we don't just keep making one-liners for the sake of one-liners, it all kind of fits together
1: Yeah, I think, I think Home Alone is a, is a really funny movie um, great. Why don't we move on to number four? What's your number four? Quattro. Uh, I think this is going to be
0: a lot of people's favorite. Another short one, the Charlie Brown Christmas. It's kind of this great combination of child uh, childhood nostalgia with a little Christianity, with a little whimsy. Um People love it, right? Because you get Linus up on the stage talking about the real meaning of Christmas, and that's something we don't get in a lot of Christmas movies. Kind of, it's it's the song and dance about Santa most of the time, but this one you get that. Right? You get the, the Christmas tree, and you get the the sort of um, normal warm fuzzies, but then it takes that turn for serious um, in that Christmas play. So great music, right? It's just very classic, very
1: nostalgic. Um,
0: yeah, Christmas, uh, Christmas Brown. Or Charlie Brown Christmas,
1: Christmas Brown, too. Christmas Brown. Uh, Christmas Brown. <laughs> yeah, I, I I watched Charlie Brown Christmas not that long ago as well, and I I yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's a really I think it's a really great little little piece, and it's it's innocent, and it it's it's rare that you would have something that religious that would air on CBS, and I I think it's CBS that it originally aired on, and I heard I was listening to a different podcast talk about Charlie Brown. And that there was even tension in the '60s about whether you would put something that religious. I think you know, Linus reading. I don't know if he reads the Gospel of Luke or something, but yeah, whatever it is. I mean, it's uh, it's there. And I I do love the music. Uh, I think is it Vince Giraldi, his soundtrack. Yeah, you know the better music- than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas number four. Um, my number four, and this was. This is a controversial take and there's a lot of there's a lot of backlash. I, I will say this. My number four could be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, because that's I I I've been growing in my love for Chevy Chase. But I I picked I picked Die Hard as as a Christmas movie. And there's a lot of people. It's a hot take, uh, hot take. There's a hot take. There's a lot of people who really this is this is one of those like is a hot dog a sandwich. It's like, well, uh it's 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 meat and 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 between two pieces of bread that's a sandwich right and this is like well it takes place on christmas isn't the christmas movie um right but i I, you know i think if we're talking about the elements of a christmas movie yes it does take place on christmas but it actually has a lot of the elements of christmas movies which is like the idea that Bruce Willis's character just wants to be done, right? He's at his wife's Christmas party. He really doesn't want to be there. He's kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he just basically wants to go home and get this over with. And there's just like this exhaustion. And so I think there's there's, there's kind of a Christmas element to, to the movie. In addition to it being on Christmas, like the theme of like, you just want to go home. You just want to be with your family and, and relaxing. And, uh, and I love Die Hard. I think Die Hard is is one of the best action movies of all time. And uh I'm not married to the take that it's a Christmas movie, but for the sake of our podcast, it's more interesting if if uh if I throw if it. If that's there. the side you fall on. Yeah.
0: I uh in Major Seminary we made Christmas cards every year and then we watched this movie while we signed all of them. So just kind of I even have my own sort of nostalgic piece with this fitting into the Christmas genre. Um it would be interesting if the dialogue of Die Hard and Charlie Brown Christmas flipped. I would just love to hear Linus say, yippee-ki-yay, you know? Yippee-ki-yay, I just think y- that y- would, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be just great content.
1: Or, or to have Hans Gruber talk about the true meaning of Christmas before he falls off the building.
0: I, I really think that would just draw in the
1: masses, you know? That's the new evangelization. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's what jp2 was talking about before you fall off a roof make sure that you turn everyone's attention to luke one
1: and it well, it's the same thing you could do that in uh, in uh national lampoon's christmas vacation when chevy chase falls off or is falling off the ladder when he's uh when he's putting up the ladder.
0: it's true it's true all these say- movies just i was gonna say they, they need more scripture these movies you know
1: I love Chevy Chase's character and I love Chris's. I like Chris's vacation a lot, but there's the light sequence is just too much. There's just too much on, on the putting on the, putting the lights up. There's a good, like 25 minutes of this plot that he can't turn it on. And he's like going to fall down. Like I, Chevy Chase is a good physical comedian, but in my opinion, he's funnier when he's just doling out one-liners. But that's, again, I keep bringing up a movie that's not, isn't, is neither in my special mentions nor in my list. (laughs) Well, it,
0: it has been mentioned in a special way. So, I mean, do you think they're, they're going for the family guy effect where it comes around and is funny again? Like it's funny, then it's not funny because it's been going on too long, and then it's funny again? Do you think that's their attempt?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought about the family guy effect with crucifixion. Mm-hmm. All right, on um, to number three. You're number three. Number
0: three. Um, I preached about this. This was my Christmas homily last year because uh, I had a family mass. Uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Now – there's a thousand Christmas carols and frankly, they're all the same um, with little nuances, but I think the Muppets Christmas Carol might be the best movie just as far as Christmas carols go. It follows the real plot, but you have actual characters who are funny and Michael Kane is a blessing of our generation.
1: Yeah. He, he's, he's in all the Batmans. Uh, he's in every Christopher Nolan movie, frankly. Um, yeah, the Muppets Christmas Carol, again, a tradition of, of our family. We would go to my aunt's house, the eve of Christmas Eve, uh, the 23rd, the day we're recording this. Christmas Adam, if you want. Christmas Adam. Christmas Adam. Adam before Eve. Is that how it goes? Yeah, it does. Both scripturally and uh, as the joke goes. Gotcha. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, Muppets Christmas Carol is, is great. The music, the music is great. I'm a big fan of the Muppets in general, and it's, again, it's a movie. It's really funny. It's a really, really funny movie. And uh, yeah. every time you put Miss Piggy and Kermit in a movie together. I And
0: it's mad. not overdone. A lot of these Christmas movies I feel like I've seen so many times that I just like, okay, I'm tapping out. Every year I watch Muppet Christmas Carol and it's just as good.
1: And I think this is a feature of its age. It's kind of dark. Like when he goes to the, the future like that's a pretty scary sequence and even when he goes to like the past and enters into his pain like it's more it has more emotional depth than most kids movies do it's it's a pretty like deep movie in that sense i think
0: yeah they definitely don't cut corners even though it's a muppet movie they, they still they're they're all in you still have kind of the the lesson at the end right don't take advantage of of life that's right in front of you and generosity and all that but yeah so that's my that's my numero three
1: great my number three is white christmas and i i grew up watching movies like this uh i used to watch bing crosby and bob hope movies and Abbott and costello so i am not only nostalgic for movies that came out in the 80s but i love movies from the 40s 50s and 60s and i and i think white christmas is is a lot of fun and Again, it's a movie that puts a smile on your face. I like musicals. I grew up watching a lot of musicals, and you know, you have Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney in the same movie together. You know, it's it's hard to really go wrong with it. So, I'm I'm very pro White Christmas. Yeah, I got to be honest.
0: White Christmas and a few other like Bing Crosby esque movies, Fred Astaire, they all kind of run together in my brain. It's hard for me to distinguish what's what. I haven't seen him since I was probably a kid. Uh, so what's the main plot? What's the
1: thing for White Christmas? The main plot of White Christmas is that – I forget what the main plot is. but basically, I mean because it's one of those plots that I never quite understand why they're doing what they're doing. But they're going to – eventually they put on a show for like their, their general because Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye's characters are like army entertainers. And they meet up with these sisters that they're both trying to, you know, be in relationships with. And then they end up putting on a big show up north where it's snowing. And they do it for their general, who they love. And the plot is very similar so to whatever goes on in the movie. So it's more about the, the actors than it is really about the actual plot. Yeah, it's not. Well, like a lot of those movies, it's just about the people that are there. Like that's how I feel about the oceans movies. Like I could, I guess I could describe the, I uh, try to describe the plot to you, but you're there to watch like really famous, good looking people like eat food and hang out with each other. And that's, that's not quite the same thing with white Christmas, but that that's kind of the idea. Yeah. that sort of perspective. No. Um, all right. Number two, uh, your number two and my number one are the same. So I will talk about my number two and then we'll go to your number one. How about that? Love it. My number two is uh, Elf. And I remember seeing Elf back way back in 03 when it came out. And my dad and my brother had just come back from a long trip from uh, to, from Memphis, Tennessee. And we were there for Thanksgiving and we saw Elf. And I got to say, I don't want to be a, a hipster person about Elf, but I remember seeing it loving it and and yeah just right from the get-go and i feel like elf has taken on not only like a life of its own as a movie but just as like a almost like as a merchandising franchise like there's just so much elf merch out there every christmas you can buy a billion different elf things and i think that for a lot of people takes away from what i think is the core of the movie which is that it's like just really really funny and I think a lot of Will Ferrell movies, uh, I like Will Ferrell a lot, but I think, you know, other than like Talladega Nights and Anchorman, a lot of his more recent movies, he, he just like really leans into the obnoxious. But what's really oh. great about Elf is he plays the innocent person really well. And I just love the innocence of Buddy. I'm a, I, I'm a big Zoe Deschanel fan as well. I like New Girl a lot. And Bob Newhart, James Caan, Mary Steenburgen. It's just such a, Ed Asner, it's such a great cast. And you don't—you rarely get that many great people together for a movie, and I—I I, I love Elf. I think Elf's a great movie. Yeah. So you—if uh, you could imagine—because
0: uh, of Elf's popularity, I've enjoyed hating it for the last, I would say, ten years. But there's been so much pressure on me to like give it a shot. That I sat down like a week ago and I watched it start to finish. Would try to give fresh eyes because I'd never watched it start to finish. Because, you know, I, it's hard for me to like the things that are super popular. And I watched it. Very funny movie. Very funny movie. I can see why people would love it. Um, Will Ferrell, he's hit or miss for me, right? Because he just kind of he, he plays the same character. Okay, he's an elf in this one, but he's still loud. But this had it was a little more childlike. There was a little bit of distinction. It wasn't just kind of stupidity. There was a real plot, you know, that played out by the end. So I can say after watching it this this time, I I can be all in on Elf. I'm I'm pro. I'm pro Elf. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. We're glad. It only took me, you know, seventeen years. Yeah, seventeen years of waiting.
1: Yeah, whatever it takes. Catholics come home. I've always said that. Catholics come home. I said, I said, I said it before the billboard said it. Right. Remember that
0: billboards all around Rockford: Catholics come home. You're a hipster. Yeah. Well.
1: All right. Well, why don't we go to Maybe. your number one, and then we'll do my number one and your number two.
0: Great. So my number one, my number one and my number two were very close, but uh, for the sake of um, kind of the nostalgia that is. Christmas movies, my number one is Jingle All the Way. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, and maybe more importantly, Sinbad uh, was in this film. Uh, They're trying to get Turbo Man. I've probably seen this movie more than any other Christmas movie, uh, but it's not old because it's so funny. Right, you've got the scene with the thousand Santa Clauses, the big fight scene. You have the great physical comedy of, of the bouncy ball in the mall. You have sort of the the tension between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Uh, uh, the generosity of the kid at the end, spoiler alert. Uh, it's just so good. It just fits.
1: It, it does fit you because, and I was saying this to you off camera or off mic, um that you love 80s movies and 90s movies a lot you watch mighty ducks all the time and i guess remember the titans is not quite a 90s movie but point is like you love the 80s action movies that's what you grew up on so it is very fitting it's a very father blood fitting thing that jingle all the way which combines your love of 90s movies your love of 80s action star uh, schwarzenegger into one movie so it makes a lot of sense
0: yeah, and I think it's so it fits with the way life goes. Like, you know, you watch people trying to get like their PS5s, and there's just a run on them everywhere. You know, when we were growing up, the Cabbage Patch dolls or Tickle Me Elmo—all these toys that just sell out—and then the, the movie's set around that premise and make okay, I can understand that. I, I went shopping this morning on December 23rd because that's how I roll, and uh, it's just nuts. There's so many people.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely insane, and i i am not as i'm not as much into video games, but I, just seeing the level of insanity for the PS5 and the Xbox right now, uh, this concept is really relevant every year. <laughs> Seems like a, you know every year there's something that's really hard to get, but that's how you create demand, I suppose.
0: I was talking to our DRE like an hour ago, and I was talking about favorite Christmas movies. Right? I was talking of taking a poll amongst everybody I know. And uh, she said one of her sons saw Jingle all the way years after it came out and loved it, loved it so much he was dying to get a Turbo Man. But the movie had been long gone, and so can't find the toy anywhere. And so she had to get the turbo man from China. She said it was like over a hundred bucks to try and get it. And so she basically said she lived out the plot of Jingle All the Way, like I don't know, ten years after that movie came out.
1: That's the most meta thing I've ever heard. I think. I know. True story. True story. Life imitating Uh, (laughs) art. Right. Yeah, that's that's the way it goes. Uh,
0: But drumroll, my number two, your number one. What is it? Nick?
1: It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, maybe one of the greatest movies of all time, not only just a great Christmas movie and a lot of people say, well, it only takes place with Christmas on the end at the end, which is true, but I think that It's a Wonderful Life really encompasses the importance of or you know, what what's significant about Christmas movies, which is that you feel good about humanity. And that's the entire point of It's a Wonderful Life, which is don't underestimate the impact that you can have on people's lives, and the joy that that can bring. And also about sacrifice, you know, like uh, Jimmy Stewart's character George Bailey letting uh, his brother uh, go to college and he stays home. He's with the family, uh, and he's made these sacrifices. And 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 it's like, well, he's and then he starts to resent that because you know where he's he's ended up. In a, in a in a in a drafty house and dealing with a warp thrusted old man and mr potter and his <laughs> and his <laughs> and his, and his brother's kind of living a a better life with ruth um but it it's such a beautiful movie and also while it's not a comedy a really funny movie there's a lot of really funny moments in its wonderful life and uh it's a great movie hot dog
0: you know i I don't know who I dislike more in that movie, though. Mr. Potter or Jimmy Stewart's idiot uncle. When he loses that money, man, I don't care how many times I've seen it. I get so
1: mad. Yeah, I I actually can't watch It's Wonderful Life as much because of that scene, because of like how it's almost it's skin crawling, like my skin crawls because you know, I, I got a text from a buddy of mine who said, it looks like Uncle Billy uh, messed up again <laughs> in <was a> <laughs> the trash can for the money.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like
1: Scott's Tots of 1946. You know, I just can't watch it. It's too cringy. Yeah, that's true. There's I don't know if you've ever watched the, any, the SNL sketch where Uncle Billy remembers that Mr. Potter, he left the money with Mr. Potter. So then they all go beat up Mr. Potter. Oh, I gotta watch that. D- does Mister Potter? I can't remember when
0: he comes. Jimmy Seward comes back after you know wanting to not be alive. Does Mister Potter convert at all? He, I mean, he dies a scumbag, doesn't he? He
1: does. No, George Bailey, um, as he's running home, Mary, Mary, he runs by Mister Potter. And- She's in the library, Judge. She's about to close out the library. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he goes by. He goes, Merry Christmas, Mister Potter. And Mr. Potter goes, "Merry Christmas to you too, George." In jail, and that's the last thing we see of Mr.
0: Potter. Ah, uh, poor guy. He he needs one of these, like uh, you know, angel breaks to see. Imagine if the movie surrounded Mr. Potter, and it, and then they showed what life would be like without Mr. Potter, and everybody's life's just better. Mr. Potter just ruins
1: everything. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a whole different film from his perspective. It is. And so you watched the color version this year. Am I correct? Oh, it, it was painful. It was painful. now I love
0: It's a wonderful life. Obviously was my number two. I love the message. Jim, J, J, uh, Jimmy Stewart's character. One of my favorite impressions to, to do or to listen to you do. Uh, I, I just Mary. I just love it. Uh, <laughs> but I watched the colorized version <laughs> and it's not good. It's, it's not good. It's, uh, I don't know. There's something about the black and white, the original, the, the color version just seems forced that insists upon itself. It insists upon you know, it's colors. just, it's just kind of, I don't know. The colors don't seem right. It just, I don't know.
1: I think that sometimes people do that because I, I don't know. I don't know what if NBC, if it's an NBC thing or who did it, but it's like, okay, well, I guess, I guess if we make it in color, more people will be willing to watch it. And maybe that's true. But that's such a sad reality. Like I, black and white is not that bad if you get into it. I, 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 there are a lot of movies where black and white is like stunningly beautiful to look at, and to try to force something that's not there is uh, is the wrong decision, in my opinion.
0: Especially because I don't want to see a piece of art that's been worked over. And I think you probably have this perspective greater than I do. But but cinema is art, and so to try and manipulate that or change that even when you watch movies get kind of shortened or things cut out for, for like showing on TV, like I, I don't want to watch Beverly Hills cop on USA where they're going to cut out half the cool stuff. You know, I, I wanted it in its raw form. And I think that's kind of my perspective with it's a wonderful life. I, I didn't want to kind of see that force sort of coloring. And I imagine people who went to see wizard of Oz were saying the same thing halfway through. They're like, oh, this color looks so fake. You know, I prefer
1: Dorothy <laughs> and sepia tones. Right, yeah. Can we just have a brownish sort of fade? <laughs> uh, it's uh, Wizard of Oz was on not that long ago.
0: It, that used to be like a tradition. I think it like airs around Christmas
1: time. Yeah, I know. Sound of Music does, and I love. Uh, I don't think that's a Christmas movie, but I do love Sound of Music.
0: Yeah, Die Hard a Christmas movie, but we're we're not gonna take a stand on Sound of Music. <laughs> no problem. <You>
1: know, <laughs> it's one of those like it's Chris. It's a Christmas movie because it airs on Christmas. In a certain sense, you know, can I just say something about Wizard of Oz while we're just, you know, burning the whole building down? Wizard of Oz is also yeah. a really weird movie. It's 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 this <laughs> very strange movie. Like she's hanging out with like, you know, a pile of hay <laughs> and they go to like opio opium fields and there's like a witch that's chasing after them and flying monkeys and and it's just a it's a very strange Trip. It's what I mean. I imagine that the Beatles in the late '60s wouldn't <laughs> like Wizard of Oz <laughs> come out twenty years later, or thirty years. Later. Well, and just like, and
0: just like you said, Home Alone. It's it's very short. There's no fat in that movie. The Wizard of Oz is the opposite. The few times I've watched that in recent years, there's just just long. They're in the forest for who knows how long you have way more encounters with the witch and her monkeys than you need. It just keeps going. It's like, okay, I want to see her find her friends. I want her to go home the whole bit in the middle. Oh, she's trapped in a castle. That's stuff. I just forget about. And then I'm watching like, Oh, I have to be here for three and a half hours. Yeah. I just, I just want to
1: sing about uh, not having a brain. That's, that's all I want. That is a great song. No, I'm, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad movie, but I will say that in terms of, like, well, I guess we have our, I guess we have our disagreements with it. We're gonna get a lot of hate mail, I think, about that. If people still do hate mail about the Wizard of Oz, do you think there are people that are that
0: feisty about it? I think it? people love the Wizard of Oz. I I love it too, but I think I think you're right to say it's just very odd.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. We we did our first top 5 list. This is not going to be our last one. We are going to have uh we're going to have Father John Clader on this podcast at some point just to give a little preview to do uh not Christmas movies but just uh movies in general. We're going to talk about some of our favorites.
0: He's a hard guy to nail down. He's a busy guy right uh around Christmas season doing all the priest work, but I found time. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I'm sure he's on Instagram live or trying to find the perfect filter for his Christmas photos or something, but hopefully we'll get him on sooner rather than later. And, and, you know, hopefully after the uh, first of the year, we'll have a little more regularity with the podcast. We kind of had a break because of those technical difficulties. And then it has been busy at the parish here, but um, you know, it's it's good to kind of connect on this sort of just the culture piece, kind of enjoy some of the softer parts of, of this Christmas season. And, uh I'll, I'll see you this week with the holidays which is great
1: absolutely this has been a blast and uh i'll do a podcast about movies anytime you want
0: yeah uh, I, I know that <laughs> yeah it's like i gotta twist your arm to talk about jesus every now and then but yeah talk about the the snowman who sings and you're all in right oh. I'll, I'll
1: all in on frosty even frosty returns i'll watch frosty returns oh the sequel number two frosty he's back baby all Right. yeah
0: Good, Nick. Well, um, I imagine this entire podcast has kind of been a recommendation. Uh, So if I just might add, uh, just bookend this, just really recommend Arthur
1: Christmas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I probably won't see until 2026. But, you know, if Jeff Mars loves it so much, uh, I'm sure it's great. So we just we recommend for the second time because no one took the advice the first time. Watch Arthur Christmas.
1: Arthur Christmas. Shout out to shout out to one Jeff Mars.
0: Yeah.
1: Good okay, Nick. Well, God bless you. God bless everybody
0: on this this merry merry Christmas, and uh, we'll connect with you after the new year.
1: All right. Thanks, Father. Jesus.